Happy Tuesday. Hello, everyone, or should I say good morning? It <laughs> is the 16th of April, and we are basking in springtime. Yes, our, we are really blessed. We had a lot of things we planted last year that didn't bloom yet, and now, so we didn't know, like, the colors. Oh, my Lord. The type of flowers. Good we heavens. just knew the plants. I mean, we knew what they should look like. Anyway, they all just came into being this spring. And I'm it's telling like you. A festival of color out there. It's like purple. It's like red. Yeah. Yellow. yellow. Like this off white and some pinks. Yeah. And just crazy full of color right outside the window. So, wow. Yeah. Yay, Papa. I'm calling it Big Bloom Bixby. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, because we do have the, you know, we're lots of trees in Bixby. It's because it's country and been farmland, and we still have so many open spaces. We have these old, old, mature, you know, trees that are just so green now, but just interspersed in them are these trees with you know, and I I love creation, but I don't know what kind of trees most are except the big ones. Right. Um, but pinks and reds and whites and just mixed in. Yes. With the green, oh, it's just breathtaking. It really it's, is. It's like all of creation <coughs> is singing to Papa right now, and mm -hmm. wow, what a what a story! You know, just something so cool about four seasons and the way that mm -hmm. Papa um, shows after winter that there's this resurrection. And uh, I love that. C.S. Lewis did a good job of talking about that. And yes. We're, we're just agreeing today, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's pretty cool. Um, I don't know if there's anything going on locally, but I know the corner is almost done. The, yeah, the corner, it, it is. I mean, outside of some things being hung up, mm -hmm. it's ready for people to occupy, come hang out, and... Different things are going to be happening. Uh, there's going to be a, a weekly time where people can gather and talk about the podcast. Yay. Um, explore some of the books. There'll be prayer happening. Just all kind of conversations and testimony and journaling and reading and all that. And I'm sure coffee. That's never, <laughs> that's never my priority. I've never drunk a cup of <coughs> cup of coffee in my entire life so you're not a coffee girl i'm not i but tea get right. me some tea so there is going to be like a little coffee tea bar and um yeah books are being gathered of course all all of the blue flame books but then just like books that we all find to be crucial to our existence <laughs> they're going to be there so you can come in anytime just grab a book sit down read it pick it up the next time you're in there'll be some you know, lending books and stuff too. So I don't know. It's, I was in there yesterday and I was getting my, I outgrew my filing cabinet. I had like this one drawer and so we got some more. So I was getting all my files set up and it's just so exciting to be there. So exciting. Yeah. Well, this also is, um, the days before Pesach. Yes. And, um, so that's been a pretty amazing thing. And, and, you know, one of the things that really touches me this time of year is 
is this is just one of many times that we get to remember Jesus. Yeah. And um, remember the choice that Jesus made. And I, um, I've really been talking to Papa about it because uh, one of the things that I see is that a lot of people right now are fasting. And, um, and so I've really been praying about that. And, and, you know, of course, I, you know, I think everybody is going to have that moment where Papa says, Hey, don't eat that meal because I want you to pray something or I want you to, to do something. And so I've just kind of been like following him and everything, but something that Papa really said to me, it stood out that this will take a second, but it was just really cool is, um, that, uh, when Jesus was compared, that's a very key word there. Mm. Jesus was compared to John the Baptist. Mm. And so Jesus responds to that in Luke seven, verse 33. And he says, John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. And what they said about him was that he had a demon. But when the son of man, when Jesus came, he, he ate and he drank. So he ate bread and he drank wine and they called him a glutton and a drunkard because he wasn't fasting the way John and his followers were. But they said that he had a demon and Jesus didn't fast or any of those things. And, and Jesus is a glutton and a drunkard, you know, and Jesus says, but wisdom is proved right by all, by all her children. But isn't it cool that this is of all the food? I mean, they could have talked about uh, olives or they could have talked about figs or or lamb but but Jesus emphasizes bread and wine mm. and then in um in right before Jesus was crucified he he took the bread gave thanks broke it and gave it to them saying this is my body given to you do this in remembrance of me so Luke 22:19 Jesus is saying eat bread and drink wine to remember me mm. you know which is the opposite of fasting and I'm and I'm having this conversation with Papa, and I'm like, "Wow! I mean, you know that that didn't really stand out to me before now." Mm-hmm. And um, and so I, and I really f- emphasized this that of all the things that we do in preparation of um, Passover, is we stop eating food and we stop drinking wine, and that's actually the opposite of what Jesus said to do mm-hmm. when remembering him. So, so okay, that's pretty cool. So then uh, Papa reminds me, and I, I'm in Luke. I don't know why I'm in Luke, but I'm in Luke. Luke 9, 23. And this is kind of the, we call this one of the betrothal uh, scriptures. And it's, Jesus said, if you want to be like me, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself and take up your cross daily. And uh, so, so lose your life to gain it. So it's just really cool that Jesus Jesus is talking about a daily denying of self mm-hmm. and and not a seasonal or not mm-hmm. you know not one just during feasts you know what I mean not one during the festivals not one just during certain times or in a remembrance but that all the time we are walking a journey of denying ourselves so it's like all right Papa, well, I know what that means, but but expand on that. And he said, okay, so let's go to Matthew 15, verse 11. And Jesus, again, so i got four Jesus quotes here. <laughs> so Jesus says, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that's what defiles them. And so, you know, one of the things that we know is that 
you know, the denial of food, you know, is, is, is making us close to Papa. Well, what it really is, is the denial of selfishness that mm-hmm. makes us closer to Papa because God is love and love is not self-seeking. So when we deny selfishness, that's when we're closest to Papa. And um, so Jesus is even saying, it's not the food that's separating you from me. It's your heart. Mm-hmm. And so that's why in Luke nine twenty three, what Jesus is saying is, is I want you to lose your selfishness. I want your heart to be transformed and, and for that to be a daily laying down of your life and a daily resurrection. Whoever loses their life will gain it. Whoever gains their life will lose it. And so now we've got a whole new mindset for how to remember Jesus instead of fasting food like John the Baptist did. Jesus ate bread and drank wine. And Jesus did the same thing right before he was crucified. This is how you'll remember me. And so the whole point of it is for us to deny our selfishness, to lay down our selfish hearts. And so Papa and I really have had a talk on this because just, there's a lot of things moving in the spirit right now. Mm-hmm. And what Papa is saying is, is, you know what? There is a splinter that is a locked gate. And in, instead of just like, you know, the, the overall overreaching, you are a locked gate, there is a splinter that is a locked gate. There's a, there's a wounded part of our hearts. And Papa said, it's a soul recessive personality. And that what the enemy is trying to do right now is trying to trigger people to turn that into a soul dominant personality, where their dominant personality is this locked gate. And so this is a really incredible Passover, Pesach call to Mm -hmm. God's people in the light of his presence. I want to show you these places that are recessive. They're not dominant. They're down there in that little recess, and you're either um, suppressing them or they're just not dominant. And so they only pop out here and there. But they're the parts that um, are are in play where the enemy is just waiting for that perfect time where the kingdom of selfishness can enact in many people this hidden, ready-to-be-triggered, locked gate. And this part of us that would throw everything away in order to protect ourselves. Uh, So it's flight and it's fight. So fight or flight. So in what way, if we can just be real, Papa, shine your light and show us in our hearts, what are the places inside of us where we are ready to start a fight? Mm-hmm. You know, we are, we are ready to react and, and ready to defend ourselves by, on the offense by mm-hmm. fighting or whether <clears throat> we're ready to defend ourselves on the defense by running by throwing away something that's precious to us, throwing away a covenant we've made with God, throwing away uh, something that God has given to us, a community that we're in. You know, people who have thrown away the community that mm-hmm. they are a part of and just discarded it um, or, or put themselves in a position where they had to run away because they have so declined the invitation of Papa to be healed. And so we want to be looking in our hearts. Are there any places where we are using trauma, believe it or not, Mm -hmm. rejection, abandonment, betrayal, and neglect as an offense to 
to withhold intimacy or to fight against someone by abandoning them, fight against someone by rejecting them in order to punish them because of their behavior? Or is there a part of us that is running away in order to protect themselves? Seeking permission to not have community, not be yes. community. And, and, and making that a soul dominant personality. And now that locked gate is who you are and you've lost everything. And, and this is, this is such a time of testing where, um, people who have chosen, especially, but everyone, but people who have chosen maturity, I want to be betrothed with Jesus. I am a son or daughter of God and I am choosing to mature. And, and now in this place, these soul recessive personalities that are locked gates, these splinters are a real threat to us. And all of us need to take accountability for any way that we have gone on the offensive or any way that we have gone on the defensive fight or flight. Yeah, I think it's so significant. We, um, we've just been talking a lot about this and just that reference to, in Luke, to the Son of Man. Um, it says he came eating and drinking. And we have a chapter called Tables that talks about that scripture. The Son of Man came eating and drinking. And it was all, it was really a picture of hospitality. And the way that he was going to receive people, the way he was going to meet people where they were, and the way he was inviting us to receive him, you know, that invitation that we had. And hospitality is such a part of the feast, you know, it just is. And it's not the meal, you know, there's like Pesach, there's going to be lamb, you know, there's going to be things like that. And those are elements of our hospitality, but the hospitality is truly how we receive each other. And I think... um through this time of Lent, you know, or preparation for, for Pesach, for Passover, it's so much about that. Have I become hospitable for his presence, but also the presence of the person next to me? Yes. You know, am I, do I have an offense against this person? Do I have something that separates? Because the feasts are so much about nothing will separate us. And there's an aspect in each of the feasts. There's Jesus and Pesach. Love it so much. There's El Shaddai, the spirit in um, Shavuot. And then it's Papa. And and the wedding in the fall feast and Sukkot. And so it's this real, am I hospitable? You know? And um, so we were just, we've just had a fitting room. And... And there's something that we're seeing happening that we can't let it pass by. Um, The covenant of um, this fitting room was recognize. Mm. Recognition like, can we recognize him? Can we recognize each other? And, And we've seen this in the past few gatherings that we've had with, um, I would say, the... um, winter immersion and and even the the fitting room so the fall fitting room winter immersion and then the spring immersion it was just like a flood a spring fitting room sorry that we just we just completed on Saturday it was just we were really like overcome because what we've seen in those so with the 
the fall fitting room, we had the opportunity for the couples to stay together at Migdana. It was the first time we got to have them all together. And then we had the um, the winter immersion. And this all just, I feel like in the picture, he's painting it just so culminated in in this spring fitting room. But it was a gathering of people from completely different walks of life, completely different experiences, completely different you know, in the fitting room, experiences in their marriages, length of time they'd been married. Some people, it was not their first marriage. Some people, you know, they've been married since they were teens, you know, um, that kind of thing. So every different experience that you could think of, every different life situation you could think of have been represented in these. And we have watched as this time, these times set apart, for this purpose that he has became one, like became one. And, um, we watched as like the winter immersion. It was day one. Um, I think the fall fitting room, we watched as they became one. And then that made the way for that immersion where it was day one. And it was this fitting room. It was, I mean, they just came with their hearts bear. I mean, just not just like, I'm going to show you my heart. I'm not going to hide anything, but I'm going to let you touch my heart. And the couples were just, yes, they were sharing their stories in the most vulnerable way, but they were speaking into each other. They were touching each other's stories and becoming part of each other's stories. It was like, they so recognized who they were always meant to be to each other. And it just, I mean, it just took our breath away. It did. And and it was the setting of hospitality. And again, they ate some food. We were, <laughs> we were with Pipeline and Lipton last night, and they were talking about the diet they'll need to have when they get home this week. But they were fed well, and we had lots of opportunities to be around the table. But what we felt was... This group of six couples, 12 people, and us. And then in the evening, someone would come and bring a meal. So then you had two more people, you know, that were coming that got to enter into this. And it was this, they were hospitable for each other. They were environments prepared to receive each other in a setting where you could really want to protect yourselves. Oh, you know. If they know my story, what will they think of that? Or, you know, oh, you've walked through that or that's a choice you made and really finding these ways to push apart. But they didn't do that. It was they were so hospitable. They were the hospitality hospitality of Jesus to each other in this season of Pesach. This and just it was just astounding. It really was. And so um, just really pierced us and, and we had some amazing experiences throughout too. And, um, so I don't know, yesterday, I guess I'm out. So we have a, we have our house and then we have like what was originally the garage that is now like a, it can be anything. It's, <laughs> it's like this big room. And, um, 
it's where our cats live, <laughs> basically. So it's this big house for the cats because I have been so, I love them too much. And I never was a cat person, but we got these cats thanks to peace and <laughs> some years ago. And I just love these kitties. Um, so I'm super protective of them. So I've kind of separated them from experience. And so <laughs> I only let them live in this place, which we call Bara, which is going to mean something in a minute. So I've been on a journey the past weeks to let them become part of the circle of life. So, <laughs> so because we have these giant owls, oh my gosh, they could pick up a car, much less a cat. I mean, they're huge. They have the wingspan, giant. And then there's coyotes and, you know, we're, we're, our, you know, we're not really in a neighborhood. Our neighborhood is four houses, so we're very rural, you know. And uh, so I just, I don't want an owl to get, or a hawk, you know, to get my kitties, <laughs> that kind of thing. But I realized I was separating them from this environment that's been prepared to receive them. Like there's places for them to explore and things for them to learn and enjoy. And they can be little hunter kitties and, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm out there yesterday and they're just so happy to be in this environment, you know, that is really what they're designed for. You know, they're not designed to be segregated in this way. So they're coming back in. And I was just thinking of the place that they've been staying is called bara, which is a word, a Hebrew word for create. And it just really impacted me because that's been one of my words for this preparation time for Pesach, because um, there is a form of create that is to bring something from nothing. You know, so that's what God did when he formed the earth and when, you know, the heavens and the earth, he, he brought something from nothing. Everything beyond that comes from, it's a, a creating that brings forth what is hidden inside. And so this word is used, bara, is used um, when it talks about Elohim feel, filled the man with his image. Male and female, he filled them. Sorry, I had to correct my Oklahoma version of field. Field. That's <laughs> so bad. Um, so an image means outline. You know, it is the, it is the layout. It's the blueprint. And it's what makes room for this filling. And so a, a meaning of bar is to fatten. And I've just been thinking as I've been prepared for Pesach, how easily we try to make something instead of create something. That we continuously try to make something out of nothing. So even when he gives us a word, you know, and we're clinging to what he said, we can still kind of have the mindset that we now need to make some, we, we almost see the word as nothing like, okay, now this is, you know, that's a pretty tiny blueprint you gave me. So now how am I gonna, you know, build something on it? And we, um, we begin to try to make something for ourselves out of what he said. And so what he said to me the other day um, it was in a wait for the fitting room, and he said, everyone's trying to make something 
instead of live something. And he said, so people, they misunderstand the word create, and they think they have to make something out of nothing. But when you live creatively, you're fattening or filling the foundation. You know, and we have the word of strengthening the foundation this year. So he's like, you're fattening or filling the foundation of creation, the foundation of everything that I've set before you, and you're actually calling it forth. And so we can see things like, you know, on the seventh day was what we consider the completion of creation. It was not. It was when the baton was passed to mankind Mm. to continue creating. And it's just with what you're saying, um, I think so much time in the wait, we fill it with something instead of fatten it. Um, because we can still see the weight as we're waiting on him to do this thing. But the weight to wait means to be with, to be completely with. It's this restful place where, because at rest, we can respond to anything he says. So waiting isn't, you know, wringing your hands and pacing the floor. And when's he going to do something? Waiting is being so at rest with him. We can respond completely to him, and then we can fill or fatten the space of that weight with what is in his heart. So on the seventh day, he trusted us to keep creating, to continue creating, to take it beyond. He left this outline beyond the garden. You know, he left this outline. The weight is the garden. The weight is where we see what's in his heart, what this layout is, what this form is. And then when we respond, we go and fill it with color. We go and fill it with, you know, blooming, (laughs) blooming things and things that draw to who he is and um, everything that's in his heart. We, we reveal his hospitality. And But so much in the wait, because just that word, you know, does not mean what you think it means. <laughs> you know, it, it's such a deep word and such a wide word. And But we hear nothing happening. You know, when we're waiting, we're either waiting on him, nothing is happening. And, and we can become, the wait is where we learn to be hospitable. For whatever he wants to do, and that means to be hospitable to each other, to be hospitality to each other in the way it's what you're saying, what, what's coming out of us? We know what he intends to fatten us with himself, like he's just bringing out of us what already is because we carry his image. So he's just bringing forth from us the essence of creation, what already, what came from nothing that now can be present every day and affect everything that we do. In the wait, we can say a lot of things um, that aren't fattening. They actually starve us. They starve each other, and then we come together, and there's, there's no sustenance for us because we've we filled ourselves with something other than Him, you know, our fears, our 
um, betrayals, our rejections, all these things, and we draw these conclusions, and we then know what's coming from us isn't life. It's not sustaining. It's not hospitality. So we start, you know, just speaking carelessly, just careless words. And they don't just catch on the wind and go nowhere. They go right into each other. They go right into us. And they're meant to be elements of communion. They're meant to be bread. They're meant to be wine, you know. I just feel like the bread is like, what he's doing and the blood is what is to come. And those are the things we get to speak into each other. And I think we've become so good at doing that when we gather for these set-apart times. But there's a creative life, a living creatively he has for us every day. You know, and so when we're preparing for a feast... We're not just preparing for that set-apart time. We're preparing for a feasted life, this creative life, this living creatively where everything we say and we express actually reveals a place that is yet to grow, that is um, waiting, that fattening, so that other people can come and take part of it and receive from it and that's we become like the son of man we come eating and drinking we come offering something that someone couldn't receive anywhere else because we were fattened by him and we're offering the fattened to another person and so like you were saying just looking in those things in us looking for those places where we're just not hospitable to another person so true they annoy us they irritate us they you know they're not our circle but you know what when you're in community they are your covenant they are your covenant they're your a person to discover their you know like we talked about a walk through through those covenant places but it's it's not like this you know you have this list and every okay where am I in covenant with this person no it's just about being hospitable it's just about being hospitality every day like every day able to respond to what Papa would say and respond if he says something about another person, if he asks you to forgive, if he asks you to repent, if he just asks you to see, hear, or know that person, like sometimes that person just needs, like no one's ever heard them before and they just need someone to listen, you know? They've never been recognized before, and they just need someone to see. It's in that moment, and we look at it like, oh, then I've got to do this forever, you know, so drawing conclusions, and he's just about our moments. No, just see them right now. Just hear them right now. Just let me make them known to you, you know, and from there, then he he leads us into you know, the depth of covenant. It's not something we make. It's something that we live creatively into. And it it's an outpouring from that. So, yeah. Well, that's a big yay. <laughs> I'm so ready for that. Yes, yes. I'm going to step right into that. Yeah, we're part of earth, you know. So, I mean, terraforming at its essence, it's making the earth hospitable for his presence. Amen. And we we were formed from earth too, so we get to be these little pieces of earth 
these little lingering lands <laughs> that get to be hospitable for his presence and also the presence of each other because community matters. Family finds, you know, it's just, um, he didn't ever intend us to be separate. So, yay. Let's have ourselves a hospitable little Pesach. Yes. Shall we? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We love you guys. We do. We'll talk to you soon. You're beautiful people. Bye.